Hello and welcome to the Chinese Bible Church podcast episode number two. I'm Norman Lau and we have here today a very special guest. It's Susan Liang, head of Chinese school. Welcome, Susan. Thank you. Well, as you know, we're into Chinese school season nowadays with the flyer passing coming up soon and all those good things. So I figured it'd be a good time to talk to you about all the happenings and going-ons in Chinese school. Before we get into that, just in case people you know, don't know who you are and, uh, and uh, what you're all about and everything, I figured I'd ask a few questions just to let people know. You know so Susan, tell us about uh, like, what you do. What do you do? Well, I work in the commercial real estate department of California Bank and Trust. It's a small regional bank. Um, not too many people have heard of it, but you know we're maybe like one in every five cities of the Bay Area. <laughs> All right, so you work in a bank, and how long have you been coming out to church? About 30 years. No, so you're a long timer here, you've been around, and in those years, how long have you been involved in our Chinese school? Well, we started it when I was about 18, so it's been about 22 years, and, you know, I took over being the head of Cantonese about five years ago. All right, so, you know, that's a long time being involved in the Chinese school, so, you know, people who've been in Chinese school, I'm sure they all know you by now, and hopefully a lot of other folks will uh, get to know you through hearing this a little bit. But uh, let's uh, change our focus now. Let's go talk about uh, Chinese school a little bit, and uh, you know, all the, especially with everything coming up and all that kind of stuff, right? So, you know, uh, we last year, what the 2016-2017 school year. Uh, do you know how many people were in the Chinese school? Well, for Cantonese, we have about 55 enrolled right now. Um, on the Mandarin side, I don't have an exact number, but my best guess would be maybe 60. So we're somewhere between like 100 and 120 total. That's my best guess. Yeah, so for the Cantonese side, so how many classes are there? How many levels are there nowadays? Well, we have three classes, um, but we have curriculums that we can use when we need to combine classes. So we have like up to five different curriculums, but um, we only have three classes. So that's how so, we do that. So the curriculum, would it be like, you know, like equivalent to like first, second, third grade if you went to school in China or something like that? Um, I don't think so. I, I think our, you know, our curriculums are pretty easy. I, I would think maybe like the first two years might be equivalent to like a first grader in China. Oh, all right. Well, then again, you know, Chinese, they go to school every day, right? Here, they do it only <laughs> once a week. So it would make sense. And so, you know, on average, how many kids are in each class? So there's about the three different levels. So in the lower classes, you know, they have, we have more students, you know, probably 20 to 30. And then as you go up higher, you know, of course there's attrition. So like our highest level in Cantonese, we have 10 to 15 on average. So those 10 to 15, they've been the hardcore people. They've gone all through all like three years or whatever. Yeah, most of them. We do get a few once in a while, like a new enrollment where they've gone to Chinese school somewhere else and they know more than, you know, like what would be in the first two classes. So then we'll put them in a higher class. So what happens if you're like, for example, like you were third grade and you went to three years and you went through all three classes, then what? Are you just like done? You're graduated or? Well, we try to hold on to them in Cantonese until they're in fourth grade. So then that, after that, they can go to Mandarin. So that's why we have like five different curriculums that we can use. 
so that you know it accommodates those kids who come in pretty young so we can you know hopefully have them with us uh, for a longer period of time oh so there's some strategy to keep them keep them in longer yes. oh i didn't know that all right so tell us what it's like for those of us who aren't in uh Chinese. What's a typical day like? If I was a Chinese school student, what would a typical Sunday be like for me? So for on, on the Cantonese side, you know, I try to keep things really structured so kids know what to expect. Uh, we have the teachers introduce themselves in Cantonese. They say good morning, you know, zhou san, right? And then the class needs to respond in kind properly. They have to address the teachers as Mr. You know, so-and-so or in Chinese like yong lo si or something like that. Um, then we take roll and we go over homework from the previous week. Then we jump into the new lesson. So new lessons can consist of either quizzing or actually like new vocabulary. We dismiss class at about 10.50 so that they can go to church. And then they come back to the classroom at 11.30 to do homework where they can also get help. And they, um, they can play games if they're done. Um, but we check the homework first to make sure it's done and done well. And they can ask for board games, but they do need to stay until 12 o'clock before they can leave. All right. So a full day for all of our Chinese school uh, students. So now you, of course, being the head, you probably have a, a different perspective on this. How is it, you know, how does your role fit in this? What do you do as a Chinese school head for Cantonese? So, you know, for me, it's just about keeping things running, you know, so it, that would include making sure that the classes are staffed each week, that the lessons and supplies for those lessons are ready. Um, I correct all the homework and quizzes. And then twice a year, I also do report cards and go around and pass them out along with any prizes that the kids might have earned. Uh, when parents come in to register, I'll talk to them. And then on occasion, for the wayward child, you know, I have to hand out a little bit of discipline <laughs> as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those are kind of like the behind the scenes stuff that, you know, a lot of people maybe would not know about that, you know, you handle for all these things. So as you have been doing this for, you know, five years as a head now and 20 years in the whole, you know, Chinese school rubric, um, how would you say things have changed? Have you noticed a big change from year one to year 20 uh, in what goes on in Chinese school and how things are like? What's yeah. your observation been? Yeah, you know, it's improved in a lot of ways, you know, since we, as we do it, we gain more experience and we update the curriculums and whatnot. You know, as you know, most of us are not teachers by trade, so it does take time to figure out what tactics work with each class. And, you know, going back a little bit to the things that go on, you know, behind the scenes, you know, I'm really blessed to have a lot of help with those things. Uh, Maggie Lee and my cousin Yvonne, they help with a lot of those tasks. and. You know, we do things like we straighten the chairs and update the dates and whatnot and make sure that like pencils are sharpened and stuff like that. Yvonne goes around and puts the stickers up on the reward charts and it keeps the kids motivated because they can see like, oh, I'm going to earn something good at the end of the semester. And then um, like every year, a couple months before the new year starts, we get together and we update the curriculum so that they can go to copy and once the print job comes back, we um, put together all the lesson packets and you know get everything ready for the year um, and you know we do these things because it has changed that much you know over the years and you know recently the drop in the age requirement for enrollment has changed the most for us uh, we've had to adjust how we interact with the younger kids and we're in the process of rewriting one of the books so that it's something that younger kids can understand 
And also I've noticed that in the early years of Chinese school, most of the kids have parents that spoke the language and so they were able to get help at home. And the last few years, we've seen a lot more, maybe like a later generation of you know, parents come in where they can't help their kids, you know, even by looking at the books that they get. And so that's the other reason why we're changing the curriculum, you know, so kind of the audience has changed a little bit and we've had to adjust how we deal with the children as we become younger. Because obviously, you know, a five year old is going to be, you know, dealt with differently than a nine or 10 year old. Yeah, yeah. So you mentioned uh, uh, Maggie and Yvonne helping you. Um, how, many, how many teachers do you have in total uh, working in the Cantonese side right now? Right now we have 21 uh, teachers and TAs and as we have some graduates out of the Mandarin program we expect a couple more and you know we're always looking for more help you know so if anyone's interested in helping please come talk to me. All right well that's a that's a big crew you got there so uh, let me ask you what do you think right now is the biggest challenge is it finding teachers for the Chinese school what's the big challenge that Chinese school is facing right now? Definitely um, adequate staffing is an ongoing challenge um, because the classes are large, you know, 20 or 30. Um, it's really hard for one person to handle and that's why we need the TAs. Um, and because of the younger kids that we are accepting now, um, you know, they do require more attention. And so definitely, um, you know, we always have a challenge with staffing. And then again, every year we have a couple of teachers that might need to go off for college. and so. We have a little attrition there as well. All right. Well, I think I've taken more than enough of your time today and heard, you know, I think I've learned, I myself have learned a lot about what goes on in Chinese school because I think I, like many other people, we don't go up there off that often and, and see what you guys are doing up there all the time, right? But I really appreciate you coming on. Let me ask you before we close up today, if there's anything we could pray for you about, you know, the audience here listening to you, what's your prayer request, Susan? Well, of course, you know, I would like for us all to pray for more students to register um, so that they all have the chance to get saved. Um, and I would like to also pray for more willing volunteers to come forward if they have the desire to serve. Or if anyone is currently, you know, already serving and they want to step up and take on more responsibilities, I would be more than happy to, you know, train them and work with them. Um, all it really takes is a willing heart. You know, we don't really require knowledge of the language per se to do a lot of these things so that would be great all right thanks susan well i think that's going to wrap up this the second episode of the chinese bible church podcast uh, stay tuned for more but for now uh thanks again for susan liang showing up today and sharing a lot about chinese school and we'll see you next time <laughs>